Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode three of the Magnastics podcast. The first thing that we'll be discussing is U.S. Nationals, which happened at the beginning of August, and a little preview or mini discussion about the World Team Camp, which will take place September 5th through 9th. So to start off with our discussion about nationals, before the competition even started, we were informed that Colin Van Wicklin was withdrawing due to an injury sustained in warm-ups. We weren't initially told it was a concussion, but that's what it ended up being. But before they told us, I was a bit concerned, hoped it wasn't too serious. I didn't want it to affect his chances to make the national team or worlds or anything, but luckily it turned out to be more of a precaution than anything else. And luckily for him, his petition was accepted onto the national team and to the world's camp. I know this podcast mostly focuses or always focuses on the men, but I just want to say that like between Colin's concussion and Aaliyah's concussion at Pan Am's, I'm just really happy that USA Gymnastics is taking head injuries really seriously because we see with a lot of other sports, they don't necessarily do that. Yeah, and it sounds like he hasn't rushed back into training or anything either. He put up a really good message about it on Twitter as well that I think was really important to share. The real breakout star of this competition was Shane Wiskus, and I love Shane. He's done pretty well in NCAA, but hadn't quite broken through on the national stage yet. And because of that, I didn't want to hype him up too much at the beginning. But he definitely definitely made his mark at this competition. Yeah, he ended up fourth after being tied for third on day one. So that's like... A really big deal like I knew he was good but I never expected him to be like third in the country good you know right well he did medal um in the all-around at NCAAs the past two years so like I knew he had it in him but you know it's just always been a matter of hitting both days at nationals or winter cup which he hasn't necessarily done up until this august so yeah i think it's interesting because when you're looking at like the numbers when you're looking towards like world teams and stuff with him it's kind of hard because it's like him at winter cup and him at nationals are like two completely different gymnasts (laughs) definitely so shane surprisingly walked away with the vault title or at least it's surprising to me and he also finished in the top 10 of every event with all but two events having top five or better finishes so that's absolutely amazing Shane really knocked it out of the park there yeah I know a lot of people are are pulling for him to make the world's team so hopefully he can maintain that form through the camp maintain the form everywhere but uh maybe hopefully he can catch his casino with both hands in the future (laughs) yeah yeah that was I know a lot of people like wow that's really impressive but it honestly just scares the hell out of me yeah I mean we see so many people just almost rip their arms out doing the same thing other than Epka 
And, you know, that's why I saw a lot of people saying, oh, there should be a bonus for catching with one arm, which there used to be. But the reason they got rid of it was because it's dangerous. It's really hard on the shoulders. So, yeah. But Shane has all intact shoulders. So, <laughs> all is well. Our other big story here is Donnell Wittenberg. So, he finally competed all around again, which he hadn't done in like two years. Specifically, he hadn't done vault and floor since Worlds 2017. His other competitions since his surgeries, he skipped those two events. So I know both of us were really excited to see what he was going to pull out on floor and vault. He downgraded a bit on vault. He only did his Roche. Um, He has done a Dragalasco in the past, but Don says he's not quite 100%. He's more like 80%. So I assume that by Worlds camp or maybe by Worlds, if he makes the team, we'll probably see that again, or at least I hope we do. I think his Roche looked good enough to add that half twist. So... Yeah, and isn't he also working on getting his Risei Guang back as well? So he's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's another thing I wanted to talk about, digressing a little bit from Donnell. Nobody did two vaults at Nationals. Like, no one. Okay, first of all, for everyone who doesn't know, vault rankings at American Nationals and at Winter Cup are only based off one vault. Usually the guys who want to try to go to World Cups or to the World Championships and try and and make the vault final usually do two vaults. We didn't see that at all this year. A couple of the guys who usually do two vaults did not compete, like Colin. But even some of the guys who do have two vaults, they didn't do them at all. You'd expect, like, Eddie, Trevor, Donnell, you'd expect to see them do two, but they only did one. Maybe, I don't know, maybe because only one counts. They decided it wasn't worth it and just wanted to focus on the all-around. I guess for Donnell and Eddie, it kind of makes sense because Eddie's, like, perpetually injured at this point. Yeah, and now he's injured again. Yeah. So, poor Eddie. I hope we'll see him healthy soon. I miss healthy Eddie. Yeah, I think a lot of us do. But Trevor, who is fully healthy, didn't do two vaults either. So I don't know. I'm a little confused. I mean, I guess it doesn't make much difference anyway because the second vaults are never shown on the broadcast and we don't even get scores for them either. So... It's kind of hard figuring out who did two in the first place, but I guess... Yeah, usually they'll put up the video, and then they'll upload the video, and then I'll just say nothing about the score, because we're not allowed to see the score for some reason. Yeah, why aren't we allowed to see the score? That makes zero sense. I know, it's very silly, but... This whole vault thing doesn't make sense for the men, because the women only rank vault based on two, which is why we only saw... Simone, Michaela, and Jade on the vault podium. Well, I mean, they would probably be the top ones anyway. But well, there was there was a fourth. There was another girl who did too, but I can't remember which, which yeah. one. Yeah, 
and was it Charlize? Well, it just it's just weird that the men only count one, but the women count two. Isn't that how they do it in NCAA? Yeah, nobody does two vaults in NCAA. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, do we want to talk about Danelle's sweatband? <laughs> I um, Yeah, that's a new one. Yes. So when I was writing up my recap for this, I did look at the FIG documents and they do appear to be permitted. Like headbands are not banned. Just something that a lot of people were talking about because nobody really wears them in competition. I'm a little confused on the logo rules for that. So... I'm not sure if you would have to wear it with, like, the logo facing inwards. But headbands, sweatpants, whatever you want to call them, they are allowed. (laughs) Just want to let everyone know. Yeah, I wonder if that'll become, like, a normal thing for him now. Well, obviously, Sam McCulloch was the heavy favorite coming in for both the all-around title and a couple of event titles. Yeah, Sam hit 12 for 12, which is kind of a big deal. The past year or so, he has, whatever he's been doing, he has never looked better. I think I probably mentioned that in the preview also, but... um, I think it's been quite obvious. There's been some kind of switch flicked in him or something, like, in the last year. I think everyone's noticed that, and um, it really is whatever he's doing showing in his results and his performances because he looks really like he's not just hitting but he looks really sharp as well and he's also something I noticed is he's really good at holding on to landings when it kind of looks like he's gonna take a hop or something like someone else might he's really good at um saving it So besides the all-around title, Sam is also the new national champion on floor, pommel horse, parallel bars, and high bar. And I guess one of the big things for Sam was he debuted a a Lucan on high bar. That's pretty new for him. I'm not sure if he's going to keep that in his routine or not. Maybe he'll just bust it out for finals, but that was cool. That new high bar routine he did is a 6.5 difficulty, which is big. That's that's a lot of difficulty. There's not a lot of guys in the world who can reach that level of difficulty. Oh, he also did an upgraded parallel bars routine. He added a McCutts, and now he's got a 6.6, which again is not a level of difficulty that a lot of guys can reach. We got a lot of guys at 6.4, but that's where most of them seem to max out. But there are a few who can go 6'5", 6'6", and Sam's one of them now. Rounding out our all-around podium, we have Yule Moldauer in second, and then Akash Modi in third. I know I predicted Alan to get the bronze this year, but that did not happen. (laughs) Yeah, so Alan had a pretty nasty cold most of the weekend. I listened to one of the interviews he had afterwards, and he sounded terrible. So the fact that he got sixth all around, yeah, to get the one of the last automatic spots to the national team, the fact that he got sixth with 
you know, sounding like he was as sick as a dog is pretty impressive. Yeah, and he went up nearly two and a half points from day one to day two. He really, um, I think he got the fifth highest score on day two. I think I ended up editing it out, but I remember when we were recording for the last one, I was saying I was hoping Akash could finally get an all-around medal because he's always just been kind of just off. And he finally did. He finally got his all-around medal, which we've been kind of waiting for since 2017. Yeah, I know Akash has had some consistency issues where he'll do brilliant on one day and then not great to put it lightly on one of the other days. So the fact that he put up two solid days, you know, also hit 12 for 12. He actually improved from day one to day two, which is the opposite of what we normally see from him. All of the top six, so Samuel, Akash, Shane, Trevor, and Alan, got automatic invites to the World's Camp. And then Colin's petition was accepted. The other addition, because they were limited to eight invites this year, was Donnell Wittenberg, who finished in seventh. So top seven all-arounders and Colin, who didn't end up competing. I feel like, personally, eight people seems a bit... It feels like not enough to me. I know that's what they outlined, and obviously the following the procedures, but I feel like it is a bit limiting. There's a few more guys that genuinely could have contributed that they could have had in addition to the guys they are inviting. Yeah, so the national team in the USAG rules bylaws, I'm not sure what the correct wording is here, but it is, or as of the past couple of years, consisted of 12 members. It was briefly 13 last fall when Donathan Bailey was injured and then Trevor was added to the national team and the world squad. Yeah, so before I get into this discussion, I just want to say the remaining four members of the national team until Winter Cup are Sean Melton, Alec Yoder, who withdrew from the second day of nationals, Stephen Nenarosik, and Robert Neff, who was added based on his Pan Am scores. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that Robert got added. I think he really deserves to be on the national team. But we do have to talk about the fact that Brody Malone is not on the national team. Yes. Okay, so many people were surprised to find out that Brody was not named. Um, And I just want to read this statement from Stanford coach Tom Gnelmi via Inside Gymnastics. He said... I was very disappointed Malone was not selected for the for the team. I believe his work and performance at camp and Pan Ams merited he get the nod, but then again, I'm his coach. There are always deserving athletes that are left off the team. There are only so many team spots. Malone has taken to heart the NTC's directive that we all need to up our difficulty. Only McCulloch, Modi, and Wittenberg now have higher difficulty. And while he's been very good in practice with the upgrades, it cost him a spot on the team to not be successful on one event at his first senior international meet. I think it is a harsh learning experience, but one I know he will grow from. We are on board with what Team USA is doing to put ourselves in a position to medal. Now, taken on its own, 
that statement is 100% understandable. I get it. Um, there are always guys who deserve to be on the team that aren't awarded spots. Um, though USA Gymnastics could expand the numbers, the number of members on the team, but that is another discussion for another day. They have the funds to do it, basically. They wouldn't even have to fund him because he's a college athlete. Right. Um, I think some of us on Twitter kind of discussed this after Winter Cup when I know a lot of people, myself included, were kind of mad that Levy Anderson wasn't named to the national team and we felt like he deserved to be on the team based on his Winter Cup performance. Mm -hmm. So, again, I totally understand. It makes a lot of sense. Hitting is important. But when you look at who is actually named to the team, you can't punish Brody, if punish is even the right word here, for not hitting, but let someone else slide for the same issues. Quite frankly, it smacks of favoritism when the same standards are not applied to everyone. The men's technical committee, which, by the way, is not just Brett McClure. There are five other members, I think. The men's technical committee needs to be consistent. I'm not saying that Brody should be named to the national team. You can name one of the other guys, like Cameron Buck, who also has an individual Pan Ams medal. Alex Diab, who is the national rings champion now. Like, just... It's really frustrating when they say that someone needs to do one thing and then just, and that person doesn't hit that goal for whatever reason, but then name somebody else to the national team who arguably has a worse hit record. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like maybe like the guys at Pan Ams, if they'd gone to nationals, they would have had a better chance, which I know they said. You know, they don't have to do nationals, but it does almost feel like it would have helped them. I don't know. It's hard to know what's kind of going through, like, what the the selection people are thinking. <sighs> I've had a few weeks to cool down about it, but evidently I'm still a little mad <laughs> about the whole situation. Yeah, and I think the thing is... I mean, they've got a one-event guy on the national team. Obviously, I don't want to single out Steven specifically because, you know, he is great at what he does. But also, his hit record is not that good. So, if you're going to say someone like Brody isn't really being considered because he's had problems with his inconsistency at Pan Ams, and then you've got kind of Steven who has also had problems hitting, it does feel a, a little bit like a double standard almost. I wasn't going to name names, but you did, so. <laughs> like I say, he, it's understandable. Like, he's a great athlete. And I know when he was initially named at Winter Cup, it was like, oh, well, you know, he's a one-event guy, but he's also really great at pommel horse. So, you know, understands they want someone who can produce that kind of quality. See, that's, uh, that's the thing, though. Like, But he hasn't been producing it, so... You know, be like, he has so much potential, blah, blah, blah. Potential only gets you so far. Yeah, and I mean, if it's about potential, you know, Brody had the potential to win... An all-around medal. Right. 
you know, Brody went into Pan Ams as the favorite. So if it's about potential, then. Well, you know, now it's going to get a little interesting because Steve mentioned he wants to try to go the World Cup apparatus route, which is going to be immensely difficult just because Pommel Horse is one of the most competitive events on the World Cup circuit. Yeah, you've kind of got, with Pommel Horse, we've kind of got an established set of guys who are all battling it out, really. I mean, good luck to him. If he can, if he can produce that 6.8 routine that we've heard about, then he could be right up there with them. But it's a wait-and-see situation, really. And I, I do wonder if maybe that's part of the reason they've kept him on the national team, because they think he's the best chance at getting that extra spot. So, according to Kensley, a couple people have, other than Steven, have now said that they want to try the apparatus route. Eddie mentioned it in a podcast he did, but he's not named to the national team, so he can't go to Cottbus, at least. We'll see what happens come Winter Cup. Trevor also wants to try the apparatus route, which I'll get to in a second, and Alex Dieb, which like Pommel Horse, you know, Pommel Horse and Rings are the two most competitive events, so that's a big ask. I do think out of all those guys, like if Eddie can get back to his normal form, because Floor is one of the most open events, he would actually have the better chance, because at his best, he is, you know, a world-class floor worker, so... Yeah, so back to Trevor Howard. The fact that he wants to try the individual route is very surprising. First of all, I'm not sure which event he wants to go for, if it's vault or rings, I don't know. But he was named to the world's camp. He got one of the automatic spots. So if he wants to go the individual route he's automatically not going to be named to the team, which is a little confusing. Like, why are you even bringing him to the world's camp if he wants to go the individual route? Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. I wonder if maybe, I don't know, maybe he thinks if he doesn't make the world's team, that's what he'll do. I don't think we were really given anything in detail. But... um... Yeah, it's kind of interesting, because if that's really the direction he wants to take, then, you know, I know he came fifth at Nationals, but he shouldn't really be at World's Camp if he has different plans. We were also told that Colin and Alex specifically said they do not want to go the individual route, so. Hmm. I I guess that's because they want to be on the main team. Yeah. Yeah. And... Obviously, Alec is known for Pommel Horse, but he's a little injured right now, but otherwise a pretty good all-arounder. He did... I don't think he's gotten a medal, but he's definitely been in, like, the top five or six, maybe. And obviously, they used him on a couple of events at Worlds last year, so... Yeah, I think... You know, obviously, when it comes to the Olympic team, 
you kind of expect Sam and Yule to, as long as nothing happens to them, hopefully, um, to be the guys you expect to see on the Olympic team. But I feel like the other two spots, there's quite a lot of guys who could. So it's going to be really interesting to see who can be at their best next year. And, you know, with a bit of time out, you know, get all healed up. Alec very well could be one of those guys. So, you know, also see how Brody fares next year. Like that kind of after the national team announcement, like a couple of days later, he put up a video of him training a Kaz double twist on vault. Look at what you're missing out on, USAG. Yeah, because no one in the country competes that vault. There's a couple guys with suit double pikes and couple Dragalescus, but I don't think there's any Kaz doubles. I don't think so. I know Sam used to have one. I do wonder if he's going to bring that back for Tokyo or if he's going to play it safe. I don't know. His his vault on day one was, like, uncharacteristically off. Usually he's, you know, pretty solid on the 1.5. But day one, it was weird to say the least. I feel like sticking to the the 1.5 is probably the better move for him at this point because he's shown that he doesn't really need the double. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. <laughs> and especially, like, I think he had some trouble with his volatile winter cup too, so focus on perfecting that because when he does it well, it's a really nice vault. So. Could you want to talk about Paul Judah? Oh, my God, yes. Of course I want to talk about Paul Judah. Right, so Paul Judah, I don't know his exact birthday, but he turns 18 this year and decided to compete in the senior division, which is a little unusual for an incoming college freshman. I know usually the USA guys will stay in the junior ranks as long as possible, but Paul decided to compete with the seniors and ended up taking the bronze on high bar. So that was a little bit of a delightful surprise. Yeah. And he came 12th all around. He got an 81 on day two, which is pretty good for someone who is technically still a junior. He's always been one of my favorite U.S. juniors. And I love that he's, you know, still killing it. So, go pull. Yeah, overall, the state of high bar in America right now is a little sad. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, pool is awesome, but the fact that you've got, you know, a, a junior, essentially a junior, winning the bronze is a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's a bit telling that, the state of high bar in the country is not super awesome. I mean, a lot of their best high bar guys weren't here. Colin obviously wasn't competing, and a lot of the guys at Pan Ams are high bar guys. Yeah, so Akash was the only person other than Sam to compete at least a 6.0 difficulty. Paul, his high bar is relatively low in difficulty, but he just knocks it out of the park on execution. So Yeah, he's got a 5.1. In difficulty. Which so. is a little low even for a senior. But this was his first competition, I guess. So I'll yeah, allow. So comparison, Yul, who, you know, is super awesome, but high bar is kind of his weak point, 
He has a 5.4. Yeah, and then Shane has a 5.7. So, you know, there's some there's potential for some good scores, but they need a little bit of refining, I guess. I'm really excited to see what Paul comes out with in his first year at Michigan. So I guess coming off that, um, what we were just saying about high bar, when it comes to selecting the world's team, Yule probably isn't the guy you really want to use on high bar. I mean, it's it's not the worst case scenario because, you know, it's still got a reasonably good high bar routine. It's just not quite up to the standard of his other events. But also if he's doing all around, um, like individually, you want to try to avoid putting him up doing all six in team finals? Inevitably, just because they're the two guys who can get the highest scores, Sam and Yule are going to be doing most of the events in a team final situation. And what you really want to avoid is having them both do all six. Yeah, Sam ended up doing all six in team finals last year, which I don't blame him for that high bar mess up in the all-around finals because he had to have been exhausted at that point. Yeah, I mean, this happens a lot. You get, you know, most countries, they have kind of one standout guy who's going to end up doing all six in a team final. I mean, you know, Russia has Nikita, who does all six, and Kohei would always do all six in team finals. So it's pretty common for the top all-around guys to be doing that, but especially when it comes to a, figuring out a team lineup, if you can avoid that, it's really, that's what you want. And I think if they could find a way to not have Sam do vault, I think that would be the best option because kind of the other events, he's really irreplaceable. But vault, you've got a lot of other guys with the same difficulty, so. That's true. I he's think that would... a little dispensable on rings, but other than that, yeah, and then obviously with Yule, it's it's high bar. But fitting two other guys on a team who have good high bar, as well as covering every other event, is pretty difficult. I've been playing around with the numbers a lot. So obviously the best high bar guys are Colin and Akash. But then you've also got to cover the other events. So. Yeah, so if... Danelle ends up on the team. I think you would probably want to put Yule up on high bar instead of Danelle. Yeah, and of course, if Alan's on the team, he's not really usable on high bar at all. The thing Alan has going for him, though, is Pommel Horse. He's pretty much, out of the guys at camp, the number two guy on Pommel Horse, based on the scores we've got. Um, So obviously, Sam would be the first guy. Alan's actually the second, and then Yule is the third highest scoring. But then Akash is also good on Pommel Horse, so kind of a toss-up between those two, I guess. It's really, it's a tough one to figure out because I've gone through, like, basically every single combination and the scores you come up with are all really similar. It could literally be, with Sam and Yula's locks, it, the other three members could basically be any three of them, really. Yeah, I guess it'll all depend on how people do at the camp. Because I know that was pretty decisive last year. Yeah, camp is going to be like a high 
pressure situation for these guys. So really interestingly, so when I was going through all the different combinations, obviously I said they're all really close. But what I found really interesting is the current highest scoring team would be Samuel, Alan, Colin, and Trevor, which quite surprised me because obviously Trevor's a really great gymnast, but I kind of see him as maybe the guy who's least likely to make the team. But because his rings, his rings are so much stronger than the other guys. Well, if Don just gets better, that could change things. Because the rings podium at Nationals was Alex Diab, Trevor, and Danelle. Yeah. It's going to be like a rings showdown, which maybe doesn't sound that exciting to everyone, but it can be quite exciting, actually, because it comes down to like really precise things. Right. All three of them were pretty close at Nationals, so... If Donnell has a Dragulescu, that also mixes things up a lot. So it's I think it's really hard to call at this point. Do you want to make a prediction? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's too hard to call, like you said. I have one written down, like just for fun. I'm not like, yes, this is going to be the team. It's just kind of what I've landed on. But So Sam and Yule, obviously, Colin, because he's with his high bar and vault, is kind of indispensable as long as he's healthy. Alan, and I don't know if that's a little bit of wishful thinking on my part, but I really think this is a great chance for Alan to make a team finally, a cash, and I think Shane might end up as the alternate, but Kind of Shane and Akash, I can't really decide which one I think is going to be on the team and which one's going to be alternate. So, uh, that's oof. I don't know. All right, I think that's all we have for the Americans. Next, we will talk about the German World's Trials. Right, so the German national team uh, recently had their second world's qualifications. Their first one was the national championships, which we will not really be talking about right now. So far, both Andy Toba and Kareem Rita have been named to the world's team. From what I understand, it seems like they would have already named Marcel, but... He seems to be having some shoulder issues, so they said he was going to go for some testing, I guess. I know at this second World Trials, he ended up withdrawing after five events and did not compete rings. Yeah, and that's kind of rough because rings is one of his best events. I mean, obviously, parallel bars is his thing, but after that, rings is really his event. Yeah, hopefully that'll work out all right because rings isn't a strength for the german team overall so they kind of need him there right so at this second qualifier third all-around went to niels dunkel who is normally pretty good on pommel horse i think he has a 6.1 difficulty but he did not do that well at this qualifier on that event um 
Germany in general is pretty weak on pommel horse. They don't have anyone who could really qualify to an event final. So Germany kind of needs Dunkel for a team situation. So that's definitely in his favor. Lucas Dowser, who I know we both really like, missed both nationals and this second qualifier. He is planning on competing at the third and last qualifier in September. I'm not exactly sure when that's happening, but he's not out of contention for Worlds yet. I just wish that Lucas could catch a break. I feel like he's one of those guys where he kind of, he gets injured, then he comes back for a little while, then he gets injured again, and then now he's out again, and he's going to come back. But it's hard to really make a push for a team with just one trial competition. So if he wants to make it, he's going to have to really like knock it out of the park. Andreas Brett Schneider, he missed Worlds last year because he tore his Achilles. Yes, he appears to still be injured in some capacity. He wasn't at this second qualifier, and he competed the first day at German Nationals and then ended up withdrawing from the one final he made, which I think was parallel bars. I don't know what his current injury is. I don't know severity or location. So he's probably not going to Worlds in all likelihood. I am a little bit concerned about Germany. They're kind of one of those teams where at full strength you would expect them to make it. But, you know, without Brett Schneider and possibly without Lucas, I am slightly concerned for them. I mean, if they don't have Marcel either? Yeah, if if they don't have Lucas, Marcel, or Andreas, it's going to be really, really tough for them to come top 12. Yeah. I like the German team, and I would really like to see them make it to Tokyo. It's going to be tough. And especially, the other thing is that the guys they're missing are the ones who would be most likely to earn individual spots also. But obviously they can't get spots at Worlds if they're not at Worlds. What makes this whole thing even sadder is that Germany is hosting Worlds. I know. It's horrible. I feel bad for them. I hope at least Marcel can be cleared to compete on a couple of events because... They need his scores, frankly. Oh, at this second qualifier, um, I do want to note that Felix Ramuda uh, got a 14 on floor. That was only second to Kareem on floor. Didn't someone attempt to Blahnik? That was Nick Klessing. He's known for rings and vault. That was at, I think it was at the national championships, though, that he debuted the Blahnik, which looked like a lot of Blahniks and was not really piked. But he was credited with it, so. Hmm. Well, I guess when it's crunch time, you've got to make that decision, right? You've got to decide if it's worth it. Yeah, so Nick did get a 14.5 on rings at this national qualifier. 
and that's really the only score of his I would use based on the full results. But normally I would say it's kind of dumb to take someone to Worlds to do only one event. But like we were talking about, Germany doesn't have a whole lot of options right now. That's all I really had to say about Germany. So next up we have the British Team Championships. Yeah, so it was a bit of a rough one for a lot of the guys. It kind of was the same last year as well. I don't know why. I guess maybe they were all kind of aiming to peak for the following weekend, which is London Open, which is like the final world's trial they have the meetings to select the team the next day so maybe their focus is a bit more on London Open than the team competition I'm not sure but so really interestingly okay so they had two different divisions they had the British division which was all the different British clubs competing against each other and then they had an international division so they had a British team a Welsh team a Belgian team and a Finnish team. The Belgian team won out of interest. So Gianni Regini Moran was competing in the international division and he ended up getting the highest all around score of the whole day. Wait, including the domestic competition? The whole thing. It was 0.001 ahead of the six event total that James Hall got. But, you know, I mean... A win's a win. <laughs> yeah, I think Gianni is really exciting right now. Obviously, Floor and Vault are his thing, but he's coming through as an all-arounder as well. He's got silver English championships and silver British championships. And I think he has a really good chance at the world's team. It's kind of between him and Dom. And obviously, Dom's coming off injury. He didn't do great. At British teams, he he got an all-around total in the 77s, with his highest score being a 13.8 on floor. He I would is, expect him to do all-around anyway. I remember when he got injured, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be back on all six for Worlds. Um, so I am pretty impressed that he is. I and he's pretty much know. his full difficulty back as well, which I'm honestly quite surprised about. He's had a really good recovery. But, like, at the same time, I don't want him to go too hard too soon. I mean, obviously, only him and his coaches are the ones who can decide what he's capable of. But as a spectator, that's just always something I kind of worry about. Yeah, so he did compete the round-off half-on front double twist off on vault, which is the thing he got injured on in the first place. So maybe there's a bit of a mental thing there because I think he only really just got it back. But he, yeah, he sat that. And for his second vault, he only did a Yachenko one and a half. But his floor actually looked quite solid. He's got his difficulty back. It's just kind of the landings. But if he can, you know, obviously we know what Dom is capable of. If he can produce his normal at London Open, then he's definitely still in the running. Right. So 
I really want to talk about Joe Fraser. <laughs> yes. Joe ended up with the third highest all-around score, 81.132, but that included an 11.4 on high bar, which is kind of the event he's most known for is high bar. Yeah. So that's a bit of a rough one. But I do have to say, I think at this point, Joe is probably a lock for Worlds. I think they can afford to not take him at this point. Yeah. He had a bit of a rough time at British Championships, but then after that, he really stepped up. He came fourth at Europeans. He did really well at Birmingham World Cup, came fourth there as well, I think. Especially given the fact he's one of those guys you could almost use anywhere. I mean, ideally, you don't really want to be using him on kind of floor vault, but, I mean, you could if you needed to. And, really exciting thing, he competed a 6.6 parallel bars routine. Wow. So, like we were saying with Sam, that's not a difficulty score that a lot of guys can get up to these days. Maybe not got the best execution on parallel bars, but with a difficulty like that, you can afford to have a few more mistakes and still get a high score. He got a 14.8 at British teams, which is definitely not a score that anyone else in the country is going to be able to match. He also won rings here at British teams, so that's kind of a big deal, I think. Especially yeah, because sure. Niles kind of out of the picture for now, maybe, and... Courtney ended up in fourth somehow, so. Yeah, Courtney fell on his dismount. Oh, that's what that was? Yeah. What dismount is he even doing right now? We tried doing a double-double for a while. I don't, that didn't go well, though. It didn't really work out for him. In the video, it looked like he was going for a a one-and-a-half double back. I'm not sure if that was a bailout or if he was trying something new, but dismount seemed to be a bit of an issue for him. Which is, which you do see sometimes with rings, guys. I feel like before he became completely unbeatable, Petronius had a lot of trouble with dismounts as well. Max one high bar? What? Yeah, so this is kind of interesting because I actually got a Tumblr message that was like, without Nile, is the British high bar situation as bad as the American one? <laughs> And I don't know that it is, because they've got a few guys who are capable of scoring over 14. Max got the highest high bar score with a 13.7. He won by a fairly decent margin, too. Yeah, so like I said, Joe got an 11, which is unusual for him. He's kind of usually kind of at least mid-13s. I haven't watched his high bar routine, so I don't know what happened there, but... They've definitely got options on high bar. Um, obviously, James Hall is really good. He's had to downgrade a little bit because of his back and shoulder problems, I think. He's taken out his casino. But yeah, they, they've got options. It's not like panic stations on high bar. I do want to note, though, that Max won in the domestic division in the international competition Hamish Carter won the slightly higher score than what Max got. Yeah, Hamish is back in the country. What's interesting, actually, is he's representing the University of Illinois at London Open instead of his home club. So that's pretty cool. So something else interesting was 
Bryn Bevan only did two events. He did Pommel Horse and Rings. Is he injured? I don't know. That's the thing. Since British Championships, he'd only been doing like max four events because he had a pretty bad fall on vault at British Championships, which I think is why he hasn't done Flora Vault since. But, I mean, he's capable of pretty good scores on parallel bars. If he is healthy, they would probably want him on the Worlds team because he can contribute on multiple events. He's another guy that's like totally usable on high bar. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's saving energy for London Open. I don't know if he's injured. It's going to be really interesting to see how many events he does at London Open. I can't really imagine he'll be doing a soup double pike, but we'll see. The guys who have 5.6 volts are Bryn, at least, you know, he had it before. He had that bad fall. I don't know if we're going to see it this weekend. Courtney has a Dragulescu and a Souk double pike, although he only did a handspring double front at this competition instead of the Dragulescu. And then Gianni has his handspring two and a half back. And the thing is, not all of them are going to be able to be on a team, right? Realistically, I mean, obviously Dom has a good bolt if he can land it again, I guess. But so they they really do want someone who can vault well, because vault was usually Bryn's big draw was kind of the fact he had that big vault. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks, I think, and. Courtney's back doing five events, which is pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah, so he just, like, he doesn't get on with high bar at all. He's, I don't think he's ever going to go back to doing high bar. But he did the other five. I mean, he didn't have a great competition for him. So he really needs to do well at London Open to have a shot at the team. But obviously his rings and his potential 5.6 volt are quite big draws. So you can't count him out. No. Oh, do we want to talk about Frank winning floor? Yes. We always want to talk about Frank winning things. <laughs> so Frank Baines got a 14.366 on floor, which was the highest score of the domestic competition. I believe Gianni got a 14.433 um, in the net international division, so slightly higher. But I think I just, I'm a really big fan of Frank. I think he's a really great gymnast. He's clean, he's stylish, but he does have some trouble with inconsistency. Like he is one of the guys who can go kind of 14 on high bar, but it doesn't happen very often. So like he's got potential, but his, hit rate is not great and I'm a bit concerned he's going to end up being the alternate again Would Um, you say he's the British Allen? He is, he is the British Allen although Allen's like more, he can hit but he's got no standout events whereas Frank is like he's got standout events but he can't hit them (laughs) but they both end up being the alternate all the time so yeah like I said the They've got London Open coming up on the 
31st of August. And that's their final world trial. Like, that's it. The meetings are the next day. The thing about London Open is Niall Wilson is maybe supposed to compete. He's on the start list, but there's been rumours that he's withdrawing. I'm not sure how accurate they are, but we'll see. If he is there, I am really interested to see what he'll be able to produce. Also, we've got, coming back from injury, obviously Dom, who had a bit of a rough time at British teams. He's coming back from his knee injury. We've got Joshua Nathan, who did quite well at British teams, also coming back from injury. He, at English Championships, had a really bad injury on vault when he was looking really good. So I really hope he can pick up where he left off. It's looking like he might be, judging by how well he did at teams. So I'm really excited to see him again. He's got a lot of difficulty on pommel horse. We've also got James Hall didn't miss any competitions, but obviously hurt his shoulder at Europeans, didn't finish his routine in the high bar final, and has also been struggling with his back for a long time. So it's kind of a comeback situation it's a big comeback meet for a lot of guys and a lot's at stake Ooh, is sam oldham on the list yes yes yeah so sam oldham also will be there his first competition after they cut him from the national team personally i'm rooting for him to kind of show them what they're missing there's a lot of international guests and i'm really excited to see they've got a three-person team from japan going no one any of us have heard of but that's typical japan (laughs) yeah right like even if they're like japan's like c team c d e team guys they'll probably Um, still end up winning a lot of things well i think they'll just be interesting to watch if nothing else you know japanese gymnastics is always exciting no matter who it is in my opinion so I'm excited about seeing them. They're going to be rotating with the guys from Glasgow. So Kelvin Cham is another one who's coming back from injury. If you remember, he went to Commonwealth Games already injured and then did like one rings routine, re-injured himself and couldn't do anything else. He on crutches like the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's been a bit of a struggle back. He's been on a few starless and then not competed I think this might be his first competition back. I'm not sure about that. And then also in that rotation is David Weir, who was the guy who had to like step up and do the routines under pressure because Calvin was supposed to be doing routines and he couldn't. So there's them. Well, though, because they got second, right? Bronze. Close enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they're like, that was a really big deal for Scotland. So. It'll be good to see them, and I think this will be Jake Jarman's second domestic competition as a senior. The first one was British Teams, where he had a bit of a rough time. He's done a few international senior competitions, but at British Championships, he competed in the under-18s, because he's a 2001 kid, so he was eligible for both this year. So kind of the the top all-around guys are going to be, obviously, James, Joe, 
Gianni is really stepping it up as an all-arounder. Dom, depending on what kind of shape he's in, um, obviously had a rough time at British teams, but we know what he's capable of. Frank. And then we've got Hayden Skinner for SEGC, who competed, I think it was a 6.5 floor routine at British teams. He's got a front triple twist. His dismount is a quad twist. He's basically the closest thing Great Britain has to a Kenzo. He's trained a triple-double. He might compete it. I don't know. But, yeah, he's he's very twisty. Mm-hmm. And he could really... He does struggle with landing sometimes, but if he gets those under control, he can really... Like, he could win floor. He could get a medal, depending on how the other guys do. But he's definitely capable of a big number there. So the unfortunate thing about London Open is there is no coverage other than live scores. That's always been the case, though. Yeah, so London Open and English Championships are basically the ones where I go and I tweet live updates so people actually know what's going on. So I'll be there, I'll be giving live updates and taking as much video as I can. So just a quick preview on the Merson World Cup that's happening this weekend. Merson's one of the more poorly attended World Cups, so it's not very competitive. But this year, it seems a little more sparse, even compared to last year. So not too much to say there. Obviously, Turkey has a bunch of people going because it's their home World Cup. I'm guessing it probably serves as one of their world qualifiers, but I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. Yeah, they're sending pretty much all of their A-team guys. So they've got Amit Onda, Ferha Arachan, Ibrahim Cholak, all those guys. So it's probably an important part of their preparation for Worlds. Croatia looks like they're sending... A couple of guys that I'm not familiar with. They are sending R.L. Benovic, who is maybe their top floor guy. And then Mattia Baron, who, like Philip Uday, really only does pommel horse. The other pommel horse guy they're sending is Renato Perpich. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And then they've got Philip. Barossa, who is only competing floor. So you should really only see these guys on floor and pommel horse. The only other really big names here, Sasa, Burtonchell, Rock Clavora. Rock Clavora is like one of my favorite World Cup floor guys. Like, you know, the guys who you just see kind of pop up at World Cup all the time. I really like him. He hasn't competed too much this past year. I think he's been injured. Hmm. And then Ahmad Abu Al-Sud from Jordan, he has a 6.2 difficulty on pommel horse. Those are pretty much the biggest names. There's not too many guys to talk about here, unfortunately. Ooh, we need to talk about Russian Cup. Yes. So this last week, Russian Cup, a lot happened there. So... Nikita Nagorny won the all-around by quite a lot. He also won three event titles, 
So all the ones on day one, floor, pommel horse, and rings. And then yeah, he also got... first was a bit of a surprise. Right? Like, Nikita Nagorni is legit good on pommel horse now, which is weird. Like, he's national champion on pommel horse, but David Beliavsky was not at nationals. So it, it was kind of a bit like one of those, oh, well, he won, but he's not actually like the top pommel horse guy because not everyone was there. But Russian Cup, obviously, David Belevsky was there. He hit his pommel horse routine in the event final and Nikita Nagorny still won with a 14.933. I just want to see what he puts out at Worlds now. Right, so I'm not sure what difficulty he did here. I haven't looked at the routine that closely yet but at career cup which was the last competition he did before this he attempted a 6.2 which is a big upgrade from the 5.9 he was doing before so i would assume that that's what he was doing here was his 6.2 routine which is the same as david's difficulty so it, it does make sense he was, you know, up there competing with him if they've got the same difficulty because his circle form has really, really improved. I know there's a tendency to look at domestic scores and be like, oh, they would never get that internationally. But like, he's gotten mid-14 scores internationally before. So with a 0.3 upgrade, it's totally feasible that he could get scores like that. Yeah, these scores don't seem terribly inflated. So... The highest score David got of the whole competition was a 14.833, which is pretty much in line with what you would expect. It was a really nice routine. So I don't think it's crazy. I think if he really does the best pommel horse routine he could do, Nikita Nagorni could well be getting those high 14 scores, which seems crazy to say, but it's true. Another surprising thing was that even though... Arta Daloyan and David Baliavsky were both there, both competing in the all-around. The all-around silver medal went to Ivan Stretovich, which I don't know about you, but I was certainly not expecting. This basically proves that his Universiad performance was not a fluke. Right. So at Universiad, he broke 84 in the all-around file, and I was like, oh my god, this is such a big deal, a really great score for him. He's like on his way back. And then at Russian Cup, he hit 12 for 12. He was the only top guy who did that. Hit all six routines in qualifications and the all-around final, and scored an 85.831 and an 85.964. So really consistent score-wise also but also a big jump from what he was getting at Universiad when we thought that was like a really big deal. He's got upgrades. He did a triple Tkachev combo on high bar, which is new for him. He's got some of the best Tkachevs on high bar, in my opinion. He gets a lot of amplitude. His technique is really great. Really, his only weak point is rings, which makes sense because he didn't compete rings at all last quad. So he's only started doing all around recently and he's only been improving. And he's another one, like I was saying about Shane Whiskus. When you look at what they were doing earlier in the year compared to where they are now, it's a completely different gymnast. So Dalloyan won vault here. Arta was fourth all around in qualifying, 
which was obviously a big shock to everyone. Like, he's the world champion. And then he placed third in the all-around final, which added up to be third. Whereas for David, he came second in qualifying, but only fifth in the final. So that evened out to being fourth. Arta had quite a lot of problems. He also had a lot of routines where he looked really good. I'm actually, I'm sad because he's changed his floor routine around. And in qualifying, he got a 15.2 and there is no footage of this. There's a video of his like 13.7 on pommel horse and his 12.6 on high bar, but not the 15.2 on floor. Come on, Russia. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, coverage aside, I'm willing to give him a pass on his mess ups this time since he's a new dad. So, yeah, I mean, odds are he was probably quite worn out i think it was important for him to compete because he's got upgrades he added a casino on high bar which he has done a few times before but not consistently and that's what he fell on in qualifying and he's shuffled around his floor routine and he had problems with that both in all around finals and the event final so i think it was important for him to compete even though he might not be totally focused on the competition because obviously he's got you know a new daughter I mean, obviously, he's going to Worlds. We all know that was going to happen no matter what he did here. But in just in terms of getting those new routines out there, I think it was important that he competed. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Baby Kartsev? Yes, we have to talk about Alexander Kartsev. He is a 2001 kid. And he is a kid because he's 17. <laughs> he came ninth all around with an 81.498 and an 82.331, which are great scores for a guy who's essentially a junior. And he also placed fourth on parallel bars and high bar. He placed fifth on vault with a Yurchenko full as his second vault. So. <laughs> and also in qualifying, he placed 10th on rings which rings is kind of the hardest event for the younger guys. But actually, in this case, Victor Kalyujin is another 2001 kid. He made the rings final. Grigory Klementiev, who's the junior European rings champion, placed fourth in the final, but he got a 14.5. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. He actually got the same score as Denis Albiazin who got the bronze medal, but ended up fourth because of a tiebreak, which means that this 18-year-old has more rings difficulty than one of the top rings guys in the whole world. Well, did Dennis downgrade at all? Oh, well, we don't know. Yeah, they don't publish the difficulty scores. It's possible Dennis didn't get everything credited or something. His normal routine at the moment is a 6.1. So if he did all that difficulty, that means that Klementiev has difficulty in the sixes. And he's 18. And yeah, Kartsev was a reserve on rings, another 2001 kid. And then 11th was Mikhail Yachenko, who I believe is in 2000 or 2001. And then another young guy who did really well here was Denis Yurov. He's 
2000, so first year senior, he made multiple finals. Everyone was really excited about his toe point. I'm just really excited to see, although they're obviously not at the same level as the top guys, the new generation, they're coming through slowly but surely. I mean, they're not getting giant scores anywhere except for like Clementia von Rings, but they're coming through. So I think maybe in the next quad when a few of the older guys aren't around anymore, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have too many guys retire after 2020. So, Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see who does stick around and who doesn't. Obviously, they've got a few guys who are kind of barely holding on. Unfortunately, it seems like Abiyazin injured himself in the vault final. He was walking around, but from the sounds of it, it was pretty bad, so... Yeah, he only did one vault, so... And then Nikita, like, scared everyone by crashing his soup double pike and, like, limping around afterwards. He ended up competing parallel bars and high bar, but there was, like, a couple minutes where I was like, oh my god, is he okay? And then another young guy we have to talk about, he's not as young as the others, but Andre Makhlov made a return which is pretty much a miracle at this point. He uh, he took bronze on floor and silver on vault. And frankly, I was, for one thing, amazed he was competing. He did four events. I was then amazed he made event finals because it feels like every senior competition he does, he has trouble. And then he won medals in both of them. So this is like a huge deal. I don't know if how familiar the people listening to this will be with Andre. He was the junior European silver medalist in 2016. There was like a lot of hype around him. And then he just kind of disappeared. He's had a lot of struggles with injury, but it seems like he's coming back. I don't want to jinx it in case he gets hurt again. But hopefully this is, you know, the start of some more happy times for him rather than the struggles he's had for the last three years. Sergei Eltsov did pretty well. Yes, he won parallel bars, which is always a feat in Russia. It's a little weird because none of them broke 15. It wasn't actually a complete disaster of a final. So two guys fell, Denis Yurov and Ivan Stretovich, who fell twice. But the rest of them just kind of had little things like... Nagorni, he had a, a pretty good routine, but his Makuts, he held the middle handstand for like five seconds, which means he's not going to get credit for the skill because it's supposed to be smooth. So that's like a good few tenths right there. And then like Arta had a lot of shuffles and David's Homna was like the worst thing ever. I mean, uh, it's never really that great to begin with. Yeah, and then also he had to really muscle it up at the end. So yeah, Eltsov had a really nice routine and won gold, which is a pretty big deal for him. I'm not sure if he's won a domestic gold medal before. And he also got silver on high bar with a 14.4. He has a lot of Kovacs releases, like all of them. Casino, Kovacs, Coleman. And they're not super messy either. 
a lot of the times when Russian guys do those style of releases, they're a bit like, ah, what are your legs doing? But his are actually all right. I was just really impressed with him because he hit every routine that he did here, which to be fair is only six routines because he only does three events. But he's struggled a lot with hitting. Like earlier in the year, he was getting 11s. But yeah, he went 14 plus on every single routine he did here, which is pretty impressive. He also came fourth on Pommel Horse. And I was actually a little bit surprised to hear they're not really considering him for Worlds, at least according to Valentina. How much do we really trust what she says, though? Yeah, well, so we all know Nikita, David, and Arta are locks, right? And then she's also said that Stretovich is a lock, which I was a little surprised about. Because obviously he did really, really well, but he also struggled in the event finals. And even though he came second all around, they don't really need another all around guy. They need a pommel horse and high bar guy. And those are good events for him. But you've also got Eltsov, who um, outscored him on both of those events, like consistently here. So she listed those four as locks. And then she also said they were deciding between. Vladislav Polyashov and Nikita Ignatiev for a spot. And then also between Dmitry Lankin and Denis Abiyazin. And I'm not convinced those two statements make any sense. Because for one thing, that she's talking about two extra spots and it's a five-person team. And also... Polyashov was a really good shot at getting that parallel bars individual spot. Well, I guess it doesn't matter if they take him to Worlds anyway, since Russia already qualified. But Right. I think he's probably going to end up being the alternate again. Him, Frank, and Alan should definitely start a club. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like if they've got the four locks that she's said, the fifth spot really would be the one that's between Dimitri and Dennis because they need like vault and- rings. They need rings. Because you cannot use Stretovich or Belyavsky on rings. And realistically, Dennis had a very rough time and is probably injured. So, uh, yeah, I think that team, Nagorny, Daloloyan, Belyavsky, Stretovich, Lankin, is pretty much what we're going to end up with. And probably with Poloshev as the alternate again. Wait. Is this the exact team they sent last year? Well, other than Stretovich. Yes. <laughs> and obviously it works. You know, this is the team they completely dominated Europeans with last year and nearly won Worlds with. I mean, I remember saying after Universiad, like, it's going to be really hard for Stretovich to make a major team, but he's really um, showed that he's one of their best again. And then since since I mentioned Ignatiev, I'm slightly concerned about him because he had a very scary landing on Adragalescu, which is new for him. He had a safe fall on the first day on it, just put his hands down. But uh, when he attempted it in the all-around final, I'm not really sure how he walked away from it because it looked like his knee was going to explode. That's not good. No. He did pretty well on rings. He also did pretty well on... Pommel horse. He got some pretty good scores everywhere, really, except for Vault. Yeah, so he's he's doing all right. But it feels like because he's been a bit injured, 
everyone's kind of improved around him and he hasn't gotten worse. It's just that he's not quite as up there as he was a couple of years ago. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. One other thing I wanted to mention was Kirill Prokopiev, who did not make the floor final. So he fell on floor in quals, but then in the all-around final, he got 14.933. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> yeah. Kirill Prokopiev is the university ad floor champion. He's won it the last two times. He's very much one of those guys where it's like he could win a world four medal but he's never going to go to worlds and they don't seem to be sending him to world cups to attempt to earn an individual spot either which i'm a little bit annoyed about maybe that'll change this next season i don't know because he's been national floor champion twice not this year but the two years before that 2017 and 2018 but I mean, he came second on floor here, third on floor at Nationals, obviously one university ad. They really should be sending him. I don't know why they're not. I mean, he's a little bit inconsistent, but I don't know. I'm just a bit sad, but he's like the prime example of like one of those guys who's falling victim to the depth of his country, really. Gonna wrap this up then with a quick blurb about the African games. They're kind of like the Pan-American games, I think, in that it's a multi-sport event. And I just found out today, I think this is only the second time they've had gymnastics at the games. So that's pretty cool. The team winner is Algeria. And they won with a 235.4. Africa is unfortunately not terribly competitive. I think, though, that given the same opportunities that other continents have, they can really be up there, though. Our all-around winner is also from Algeria, and that is Hilal Meteji. I'm probably saying that wrong. But the top three all-arounders were all from Algeria. I don't think there was much representation from Africa at last year's Worlds. Because I remember Ali Zaran didn't go. And I was like, why not? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I hope he gets to go to Worlds this year. He really should be there. Yeah, so Ali Zaran, who is maybe the biggest name coming from Africa right now. He is the rings champion and he got 14.7 in qualifications and 14.3 in the rings final. And he was like a good two points ahead of the next finisher. One thing that I thought was pretty interesting, Hamza Hosseini, who competes for Morocco, but trains in France He did not compete. I'm not entirely sure why. He actually has a World Cup medal on vault. I believe he won bronze at Paris last year. So obviously he's one of the, if not the biggest name from Morocco. And I'm just a little confused as to why he didn't compete. I don't know if it was, a personal choice or if he's injured i don't know 
And I think... So we don't have any actual results from Canada's World Trials that were this weekend, but we do have a national team list. Yes. So that list is effective September 1st, and one big name that's missing is Scott Morgan. I know he was one of the older team members in the past year, but he did go to Worlds last year, but we haven't really seen or heard from him since, so not really sure what's going on there. For anyone who isn't as familiar with Scott Morgan, he he's the only Canadian man who's made an event final at Worlds in the last 10 years or so. Um, he made the floor final wow. in 2013. He was also their only male gymnast in Rio. Yeah, he also won multiple medals at Commonwealth Games. He's kind of, until recently, was their biggest name. So, yeah, him being missing is a bit strange. I think what has me a little... I don't want to say uneasy, but it's just that we haven't heard anything at all. It's not like it's not like we got an injury announcement. We haven't gotten a retirement announcement, but he hasn't competed at all since Worlds. I don't think he's even posted anything on social media. It's just been like complete radio silence. One addition that is new, he is a 2000 kid is Chris KG. He's one of Canada's biggest rings guys. So he could, I guess, take Scott Morgan's spot on a team theoretically. So an interesting thing about this national team is most of the guys are relatively young. So we've got Jackson Payne, who's a bit older and also... The next oldest after Jackson Payne is Matthias Sukasi. Yeah, and then he's 93, and then everyone else is 95 or younger, which is, I think, quite young for a national team. And also, three of them do NCAA. So in case you don't follow NCAA, those currently competing are Jake Bonet, who goes to Nebraska, Darren Wong, who is at Cal, and Sam Zakutney, who's at Penn State. There are a couple more NCAA alums, but those are the only ones currently competing. I talked about this last time, but I just really hope Canada can do well at Worlds. I think they're one of those teams on the outside who could totally maybe sneak in there if they have a really good meet. So I really want results from the trials so I can see what's going on well their performance at pan ams was pretty inspiring i hope they can keep it up yeah okay so i think the only thing left we have to say which is just a quick note is that kohei uchimura is competing at the all japan senior championships so this will be his first competition since day one of nationals so it's kind of a big deal because he was really, really injured then. He's taken, I think, a little bit of a break 
and it sounds like he feels pretty good. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what he can produce here. He won this competition last year after not winning nationals for the first time in 10 years. So, and this is also the competition that Kenzo Shirai had to withdraw from due to a shoulder injury when it was supposed to hopefully be sort of a similar thing for him as it is for Kohei, like after not making the world's team, kind of recovering from injury and seeing what he could put out there. But unfortunately, he's injured again and has withdrawn. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.